It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Lots to cover on today's edition, a Tuesday edition of the show. Thanks for joining us. We'll be recapping, I believe, officially day five of BYU spring football. Yesterday, media availability for about 30 minutes to watch practice. Then we had a chance to catch up with players and coaches. We'll recap what I took away from practice, what I observed here in this first segment, along with some comments from Kalani Satake, BYU head coach. Second segment of the show, I'm going to play an interview I did with Moroni Laulu. Pututau. He is a tight end for BYU, not participating in spring. He's still on the mend from an ACL tear last season, but had a good conversation with him about his uh, his recovery, what he's been going through, trying to get back, etc. So we'll play that in the second segment for you. And then in the final segment of the show, we'll catch up on all the other BYU sports teams, the golf teams in action, as well as women's basketball advancing to the West Coast Conference Tournament Final. We'll talk about all that on today's podcast. So let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for March 12th, 2019. Welcome on in. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as a producer and a reporter, part of the BYU coverage on our website, and I'm privileged to be hosting this podcast with you guys each and every day. A lot to get to on today's podcast. Day five of BYU Spring Balls in the books. They'll have day six today, but no media availability today. The next time the media will be out there is Thursday, but we were on hand yesterday to catch up with BYU coaches and players. After practice, we were also able to watch about 30 minutes of action and this time of spring ball, you start to look at, okay, what storylines are coming out of this? And I've mentioned on this podcast that you don't want to buy too much into guys who are going to be spring football stars that don't appear on a roster or don't have any role on the team come fall. And that's such is the case with certain guys I've seen so so far through spring ball. Uh, Jacob Doman, a wide receiver for BYU, he's flashed extremely well in spring ball. I know that the wide receiving core for the most part is healthy and maybe he does make an impact, but he just, he, he screams to me. And I know the last name Doman should say, okay, he's a player, he's an athlete, you should take take him a little more seriously, Jake. I get that. But he had a, a nice play yesterday, a touchdown catch, and I thought it was a good play, but I felt like the throw to get him the touchdown catch, if any DB was within five yards of him, it would have been picked up or broken up. So, picked off or broken up, excuse me. So, I don't know what to make of it. There was another player yesterday. I didn't know what his number was, and I couldn't really tell who it was just because he was wearing a jersey I didn't recognize. He had two what they call whistle sacks where the players, the quarterback is whistled down after a player maybe gets a hand on him or gets close. The officials on hand are supposed to whistle the, whistle the play dead, and they call it a whistle sack. Well, I asked around, and it's a kid by the name of Gabe Summers. 
And Gabe Summers is a former Westlake High School graduate. Westlake High School is down in Saratoga Springs, Utah, so on the west side of Utah Lake. I also happen to reside in my home is in Saratoga Springs, but I didn't know who Gabe Summers was. I had two whistle sacks yesterday and showed extremely well. Will he pan out and turn into a guy that's a guy to pay attention to in fall ball? It'd be great to see, but like I said, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. Um, Some other observations I had from yesterday. I have to say, the flash linebacker position this year for BYU is going to be full of talent. Chaz Ayu is a talented, talented player. He is the star of BYU's defense to this point in spring ball. I played that interview with him after day one of spring ball when he had the interception, and he has done nothing if not stand out every other practice session that the BYU is allowed media to go out to. He's been awesome. I think his competition with Zane Anderson for playing time or platooning on the field with him come this fall will be very interesting. Um, Isaiah Kafusi is coming back from injury as well. Expected to play a massive role. Expected to start for BYU. But Chaz Ayu, I have to say, I'm extremely impressed. And we all know that Chaz Ayu is a talented, talented player. So he's probably a little more of the exception of a standout in spring ball because we we do know what his talent level is. We saw him contribute as a true freshman before he went on his mission. So he, standing out, makes me very excited to see what he can do. Um, Another observation I had from yesterday is that Gunnar Romney looks night and day different from last year. Kalani Satake talked about Gunnar yesterday after practice. Here's what he had to say about Gunnar. He's a great player, so we just need to find ways to get him the ball because he can separate and uh, he, he, you know, I, I like the wide, wide receivers a lot as a, as a group, but I think he, he's, he's a guy that we didn't really get to see much of at, at 100% last year. And um, I think if you were able to watch some of the, some of what he's done so far in spring, that's kind of what we expect this fall. A lot of big plays. There you go, Kalani Satake, and he's dead on. Gunnar Rami looks like a new player. He's fully healthy, and he looks like the legitimate number one wide receiver that BYU hoped he would be coming out of high school. Um, I'm excited to see what this kid can do come up, coming up through fall camp and going into the season. they got to keep him healthy, obviously, but it's awesome to see a guy like that step it up and really standing out amongst all the other wide receivers BYU has. The running back position continues to be a position group that people ask about all the time. I... I feel like they're just trying different bodies out. Tyler Algier has shown some things. Lopini Katoa looks like his steady self. Kavika Fanua was a pleasant surprise early on in spring camp. He wasn't practicing yesterday. And Kalani Satake talked about what Kavika offers. I asked him about what Kavika offers to this team. And here's what Kalani Satake had to say about Kavika Fanua and his return from injury. Oh, he looks great. Nice to see him back yeah, out there. Yeah, and he's he's trimmed up a little bit, you know, so it's uh, he's a lot faster than what we remember him. So um, seeing that speed on the field has been really nice, and I think he, he wants to go as much as possible, and we have to just keep uh, bringing him along. You know, we know that there's a that we're focused on him getting to the fall, and so um, I think he's getting some quality reps, but I don't know how many, how many live reps he's going to actually get. There you go, Kalani Satake on Kavika Fanua. And it's awesome to just simply see Kavika Fanua out there. He had an 
devastating leg injury, what, 2017? It's been a long time coming to get him back on the field. And if he's able to contribute in any meaningful way, that's a win for BYU, and that helps out with their depth. So that's an exciting development to have a guy like that out there. We'll see how the rest of these running backs really uh, show through the rest of spring ball. I'm hoping that as the media we get to see them in live action where it's live tackling at some point. Maybe it's in the spring game we get to see that because I want to see how they do when the bullets are live. This is the expression that's when the bullets are flying over your head. When you are able to get hit by guys and really be taken to the ground that's when you really see what guys stand out about. Um, One final Final note for you guys from yesterday's practice is just a minor footnote. It's that Jaron Hall wore number one a year ago. We saw him early on in spring ball sporting the number 16. Well, he has another new number, number three. So for now, Jaron Hall is number three, and he's probably the best quarterback in spring ball in my mind right now. He's done everything that you would expect a guy that's expected to be the backup to Zach Wilson and challenge him for the job would do during the spring period, but he is wearing number three now, and we'll see how long that lasts. The sports information department yesterday just kind of looked at me and was like, yeah, I don't know. So some interesting notes coming out of BYU Spring Ball. All right, I wanted to give you a couple more comments from Kalani Sitake here. We'll play them in bulk. I played the two comments about Gunnar Romney and Kavika Fanua. Here's the rest of Kalani Sitake's media session from yesterday. It was good. Yeah, we had um, some good live work on Friday and uh, mostly did, did uh, some live drills. Didn't really do a lot of live 11 on 11, but we um, had 80 plays that we scrimmaged um, and thudded up, you know what I mean? But it was good. I, I thought... Uh, I mean, I thought it was really good for for being the first week of spring practice, and uh, I'm not trying to jinx it, but I feel really, really confident with how our, our team's working right now, considering the guys that are, aren't playing in spring right now. With those headliners out, how does it change things with you guys in terms of just projecting forward? Well, right right now we have we have to plan on those guys being back, so the offense is in place for them, and um, obviously we'll. Uh, put different types of bodies. I mean, Talon Shumway and Neo and all those guys can play in that position uh, during spring. And so um, we'll just keep working it, uh, you know, just uh, with the thought that Moreau and I and Matt are going to be there at tight end and that um, and as we keep working our, our backs, I mean, it's, it's more important to get our quarterbacks uh, competing right now and then really like the, the guys that are getting the reps right now and Jaron and Joe and Baylor are doing really good things with, with the offense right now. Are you seeing some guys that kind of emerge as leaders, maybe being more vocal, taking on more of that leadership role? Yeah, there's a bunch of them. And actually, um, you know, we're putting them in the positions to speak up a little bit more and being more involved with um, the teaching part of it and trying to get more peer-to-peer teaching and learning on our team. And so we have a lot of guys that are hurt, but uh, they're involved with the coaching um, and the individuals and even in our drills and even on the 11-on-11. We have a lot of guys that are out there with experience that are helping the young guys and I think that's why it's a lot cleaner uh, than we've seen in, in the previous springs. It's also another an offense that they're familiar with right now, and um, it's it's going really well. So uh, we'll see when we get some live work. We'll see how how well it goes from there because that's always going to favor the defense in their mind. You've talked about being the CEO in the past, moving around to different positions. You talked about playing, working with the defense more last fall. Mm-hmm. Have you determined where you're going to be working more this year at all, or is it? I'm kind of going both sides. I mean, I, it's hard for me to just not kind of not know what the defensive call is you know so um, I'm going to be I'll, involved in a lot of different places but I think there's right now I'm being really pleased with, with how um, everyone's teaching and learning and uh, the bodies that we have out there speaking so um, 
not, not trying to get in the way, but also trying to make sure that they understand the expectations that I have for them and that the coaches have for each and one of those players. And I think it's important that we as coaches keep defining their roles and keep uh, getting them to, get, to compete. And so um, it's been a really, really positive spring so far, and we've got to keep working with it. And it's nice that we're outside, you know, and so uh, hopefully we can be out here tomorrow and, and on Thursday. And, and uh, But I, I've been really pleased with the, with the progress that we've made on, on all three phases right now. I, I know a lot of people don't talk about special teams, but we have some really quality kickers, you know, that, that are doing well with the place kicking, having Jake be back on his mission, and uh, that's creating some competition, and they all can punt too. So uh, we had a, a good um, session of punt today, and we'll see who wins those battles as well. What do you see from a guy like Lopini compared to this time last year? Well, he's a lot more comfortable with the offense, and, and a guy that has a lot more experience now, I think that's uh, going to be a huge benefit for him. And we're looking to him be a leader now, you know. So um, he has younger guys that, that don't have as much. You know, he's kind of in the same position now that Squally was last year, and uh, he just has a lot more years left to play. And, and he, he can understand the position that Tyler and, and Siona and the others are, are, are coming up at, Morgan. So um, I think it's really beneficial for that position group, and they have a really good coach uh, that can get things set up. And I, like I said, I've been really pleased with our coaches right now and the way that they're working each position group. What do you see from JJ as he moves from the offensive to the defensive side? Yeah, he's really good there. I mean, I, I think Coach Tuyaki saw something in him that could help our defense, and I've been really, really happy with. You know, he understands the game. He's he's his football IQ is really high, so he understands how to play the position, and he's not a guy that has learned the same thing twice. He's he's grasping it, and I mean, we we knew that when he moved from O line to tight end, and then from now from tight end to the defensive end and I think having that year off and working on Scott team has been really helpful for him. Were you surprised at all at the depth that you have been seeing at running back after losing a few guys last year? Are you surprised at what you've seen so far? No, I, I like the talent and I, I think we've developed some really good players there but and then that's a huge credit to our, our conditioning program and also to AJ and the type of offense that they're running you know with Grimes I, I, I like the way the offensive staff is working and not expecting too much from those guys but um, there's t- there's talent the, the key is just the experience we just got to see how how well they function when when things are live and um, that's hard to simulate so hopefully when we get to some scrimmages we can see what they're really about and that goes for a lot of different positions but I think we have some really good talent we just got to see if they can do it when you know when when in the fog of war some people say all right, there you go, Kalani Satake, and I really feel like he is upbeat about this squad. He, I heard you heard my question to him about working uh, around the team, like which role he's going to take. And he said, "I'm working around the entire team," and I, I like that. He mentioned last fall, as I mentioned, that he was going to work more with the defense. I don't think it's a coincidence that the defense had one of their best years. I know that Elisa Tuiaki has seen his defense imp- improve each year that he's been at BYU, but you can't tell me that Kalani Satake taking on a larger role working with the defense last year resulted in them being a top 25 ranked defense and by many of the metrics I think that was a big big showing for them so it sounds like Kalani Satake is upbeat about his team despite not having the headliners out there in spring ball and we'll see how the rest of it shakes out I'm I'm interested to see what changes when we get out there on Thursday if anything this time of spring ball it's tough to come up with massive storylines coming out of spring you're going to hear me belabor this point a lot but we'll do our best to find guys who are interesting who stand out like the Gabe Summers thing nobody really knew who his number is number was nobody knew who he was he gets two whistle sacks if he 
he turns out to be a player, it'd be great. He's got good size coming out of high school. Uh, according to his high school page, he was six foot two, almost 250 pounds in high school. If he's bulked up a little bit, gets up to 265, 270, well, that's almost a prototypical defensive end in BYU's defensive alignment. We'll see if it shakes out for him, and I, I'll be rooting for him. But like I said, I'm taking it with a grain of salt until he proves it in fall camp. All right, we'll step aside here. We'll come back, catch up with a player who is expected to stand out in, in fall camp. He was mentioned by Kalani Satake a minute ago as a guy that you assume is going to come back and be one of the headliners, and that is Moroni Laulu Pututau. He's a tight end for BYU. Suffered a devastating knee injury against Washington a year ago. Everybody that watched that game saw it. He just went down in a heap. He was lost for the year. He underwent reconstructive surgery. He'll give you an update on that, as well as talking about just kind of dealing with this injury. He's had another massive injury with the Liz Frank injury earlier on in his BYU career. He explains what's carrying him through these tough times as he works his way to getting back on the field. That's coming up next right here on the podcast. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, when you're out and about in your car, running errands, playing soccer mom or dad, dropping kids off at appointments, whatever you're doing, even making your commute to work i want you to use your personal assistant in your car whether that's your phone or you have the integrated system in your vehicle simply tell it play podcast locked on cougars and you'll be able to catch up on this podcast and make it real easy on yourself you don't have to set an appointment to listen to it you just listen to it in the car and that way you're up to date on all the byu news you need to know so i appreciate your guys' support in doing that i would encourage you to do it when you get in your vehicle first thing you should do simply tell your smart device play podcast locked on cougars and we'll always keep you up to date on everything going on with byu football all right more in a moment here this is locked on cougars NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. I want to encourage you guys to continue to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you are new to the show, you're just, just stumbling upon this, realizing, hey, this is a daily podcast covering BYU. I thank you first for finding us. Please share it with your family and friends, and please subscribe, rate, and review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. That five-star rating is worth more than you guys really, I think, can understand in the podcast world. If you are a podcaster, you understand it. It helps so much, and thank you in advance for doing that. You also can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. I do a lot more than just BYU on my Twitter feed. I know some BYU fans have gotten after me in the past. Why don't you put just all BYU stuff? With my job with The Zone, I cover a lot more. The Jazz, Utes, I cover all of it. So it's a little more diverse of a follow when you go to my, my personal Twitter feed, but you can follow the show Locked On Cougars and get specific BYU content as well updates on when this podcast goes out each day. Alright, uh, right now let's catch up with Moroni Laulu Pututau, BYU tight end. Had two major injuries during his time at BYU. He's using the hashtag on his social media hashtag finding out why. I asked him about that hashtag, how it's helping him kind of monitor and get through these tough days when he's rehabbing an ACL injury and hoping to get back on the field for BYU. So here you go. My conversation with Moroni Laulu Pututau. 
All right, here with Morone Laulu Pututau. How did I do pronouncing that? Pretty well, actually. Laulu. La, Laulu. La okay. Yep. As every tells Other than me, that, pretty good. Pronounce every, every, every vowel. Every vowel. Yep. Just call it good. All right, Moroni. Well, I guess first, how's the knee? How's rehab coming along? Uh, it's coming along great. I think I'm on schedule, if not ahead, um, especially for the severity of my surgery. So I had the ACL and the MCL, floor reconstruction. And so that obviously is worse than just an ACL. So I think I'm pretty doing pretty well and just trying to stay motivated You know, every day. It's a day-by-day thing. I have ups and downs every day. So that part of the reason why you're using that hashtag on social media to keep yourself motivated? Yeah, I mean, after that first redshirting year, the Liz Frank, yeah. and then I had this, mm-hmm. I mean, I was in a low place, and anyone who's been through surgeries knows the same thing. Your life is flip side, upside down, and so I was just trying to figure out, like, why? Yeah. And so that kind of just came to mind, finding out why, and I, was, and I thought to myself, well, I'm just going to try and turn it into a positive, you know? Like, that's the only thing you can do, so I'm just going to think of this every time I do something related to my injury finding out why why this happened uh, why I'm on this journey and by doing that it's helped me stay more motivated I saw the report during the fall that the, the ACL reconstruction on its own you had kind of a new procedure they've kind of pioneered how do the doctors say that's taken have they told you anything about that it's so new and there's been so few done that it, there's not a lot of research okay. on it and honestly like I, I'm considering experiments because okay. there's so few and there's been speculations that, oh, yeah, it's 30 40% faster, which some cases uh, Dr. Andrews has done. Um, yeah, it is that case, but not everyone's the same, and mine wasn't just an ACL, so we have to consider that. So as far as that, that goes, I'd say we're happy with where we're at. Okay. Yeah. This tight end group, I was talking to Coach Clark the other day, and he, he, he indicated, okay, I understand our headliners is what he liked to call them. Like the you, Matt Bushman, et cetera, aren't necessarily participating in spring. But he said he's still excited for these younger guys, some of these walk on, some of the other guys to get an opportunity here. What kind of role do you take in helping those guys? I'm just there putting out fires, I guess you could say. Okay. Whatever questions they have. And honestly, like I'm more than willing to help them anything they need. Questions, plays, you know, details. And uh, I guess my role would be help them where I can, you know, teach them what I've done, my experiences, because that makes the team better. Is it also partially you're out there just getting those mental reps, going through, seeing the play, seeing it run, et cetera? Yeah, for sure, because teaching someone helps you learn the best, I think. And so I think the coaches know that too. And by having us out there and kind of helping them coach, helping us coach them, that keeps us sharp, yeah. keeps us on our toes and detailed. So that when we come back, we can just jump right in. We saw this offense morph pretty heavily once all those all the tight ends kind of got hurt last year. Do you feel like, okay, we showed what we can do and we're, they're going to go back to that once you guys are healthy? Back to, like, the first part of the yeah, season? I, I guess use more of the tight ends, double sets, et cetera. I think oh, – that's hard to say. I think we'll use the tight ends. Yeah. I just – I think the offense is evolving mm-hmm. um, because personnel is different. You know, we have Zach now, yeah. different weapons, and so we have to evolve with his talents and – I think the tight ends getting on the field will depend on how well we execute compared to the other positions, you know what I mean? So, Yeah, I, I, 
Coach Clark also mentioned the fact he's like, hey, if my tight ends want to play, they got to be able to block. And right. I remember sitting out here this past fall watching you, I believe it was Dallin Holker and Matt Bushman, you are the last three off the field because you guys were over on that far end of the SAB field oh, yeah. on the blocking sleds. Was that something that the coaches said, hey, you guys should do this, or was it something you guys said, hey, we got to work on this, let's go do it? I think it started out with them saying, hey, you guys need to do this, and then it ended up with – Hey, we need to learn how to block, and we and, and we were dedicated. All all three of us, we we came together and said, you know, we're going to get better at blocking um, because that's what the offense needs. And we were a big part in the offense. And if we missed a block, just like any other position, then the whole play wouldn't work. So, I guess last thing for me is for you this spring, and also just kind of working your way back. When do you expect to be back on the field, and do you expect your game to morph at all? I guess after this injury. Oh, that's hard, man. I've wondered the same thing, you know. Okay. <laughs> I think that's part of the hashtag finding out why. Okay. You know all what right, I mean? All right. Finding out why this happened, how it's going to change me. I don't know, honestly. Okay. I don't know how it's going to change me. Um, I'm getting bigger, like, so I, I'm the heaviest I've ever been. I'm 245 right now. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'll, I know for sure I'll be back by fall. That's my, that's my yeah. goal. Mm-hmm. That's nine months. That's normal as far as my play style and what my role will be that I don't even know honestly all right staying positive about it though that's what we like to hear thanks so much Moroni appreciate you there you go thank Moroni Laulu Pututau for taking the time to speak with me and good to catch up with him and it can be tough to get through this period especially with the rehab I'll freely admit I've never had a major knee injury. I've never had a surgery on my knees, and I hope I never do because it just sounds awful. The conversations I've had with players and even just regular people who have had knee surgery say that rehab, it really is the worst time because you want to be back to full strength. You want to be able to have that full range of motion in your knee, but you have to go through this step-by-step process. And you heard Moroni talk about it. He said it's just, it's, you take it day by day, and the hashtag finding out why. So Awesome to catch up with Moroni. Thank him for taking the time, and I'm wishing him the best of luck. I really feel like he can be a difference maker. He was very good during the early part of BYU season a year ago. He was part of that group of tight ends that early in the season looked like real weapons for BYU, and then the position group was just decimated due to injury. So here's hoping that him, Matt Bushman, and Hank Tui-Pelotu, and all the rest of their fellow teammates at the tight end group who have been injured are able to get back on the field in short order, get back into shape and be ready to go for this upcoming season because I think if Jeff Grimes has that cavalcade of tight ends like he always has hoped to have he can do some interesting things with it so once again thanks to Moroni Laulu Pututau for taking the time more interviews coming up this week I had a chance to speak with Ed Lamb, Zach Daw we got plenty of audio for you and we'll keep coming throughout the week so stay tuned for all of that All right, everything else going on in BYU News is what we'll cover next, BYU Women's Basketball an awesome comeback yesterday Yesterday to advance to the West Coast Conference Tournament Final. We'll talk about that as well as the early round action for both the men's and women's golf teams. That's all coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. The NCAA Tournament is almost here and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
You are locked on Cougars. And as we close out today's edition of the podcast, thanks again for downloading the show. Please subscribe, rate, and review, like I said in the previous segment. It really does help out the show. And a reminder for you guys, when you guys are out and about driving in your vehicle, tell your smart assistant. You make calls with it. You send texts with it. Well, it also can let you listen to this podcast and make it really easy on yourself. All you got to do is tell it, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll have the latest in BYU news right there for you each and every day. All right, women's basketball. Hat goes off to the women's hoops team. They rallied from a 13-point deficit to advance to the West Coast Conference Tournament Final with their 68-63 win over Pepperdine in the semifinal yesterday. Awesome showing for the women's basketball team. They were struggling on the boards early. I saw a stat early in the game, maybe through in the second quarter, that uh, Pepperdine had 18 offensive rebounds, which is just absolutely incredible. Uh, but BYU rallies. They ran their ran their offense very efficiently in the second half there took a lead and never relinquished it so congratulations to the women's basketball team they advanced to face Gonzaga for the third time this season in the West Coast Conference Tournament Final today best of luck to the women's basketball team I already feel like they've already punched their ticket to the West Coast uh, West Coast Conference the NCAA Tournament we'll see what seed they get etc but if you're able to take down Gonzaga here in the title game I think your seed based on some of the projections show it as being around a 7 seed so I'm interested to see what ultimately shakes out they're currently sitting at an eight or nine seed according to most projections but who knows i'm interested to see how it all goes for women's basketball but they got to take care of business today so best of luck to them in the west coast conference championship game this afternoon uh it's scheduled at two o'clock mountain time so check it out you can catch it on espnu national television best of luck to jeff judkins and his team byu baseball is actually in action today it was a special game added against niagara it's going on at noon mountain time today so if you hear this you want to go down and catch it before too long you might be able to do so admission is free it was a kind of a late addition to the schedule but a big opportunity for BYU to get another win here uh, like I said noon mountain time at Miller Ballpark it'll be streamed live on the W.TV and there will be broadcasts on BYU radio so check that out um, Tuesdays I guess I should start renaming in the final segment uh, awards Tuesdays I guess that's what I should do because Monday afternoon slash evening after I've done the Monday pod we seem to get word of all the weekly awards that BYU players receive. So let's run down them real quick. We just talked about BYU baseball. Well, Jackson Clough, their th- sophomore third baseman, he had a great week last week in the wins over UVU in Milwaukee, helping BYU go 4-0 on the week. He hit 600 in the week, nine hits, two doubles, two triples. Great, to sh- great showing for him. He earned West Coast Conference Rawlings Baseball Player of the Week Award for his efforts. Congratulations to him. Uh, BYU softball stand out Riley Jensen won her third West Coast Conference Player of the Week award for her showing last week in all five games BYU played in Southern California. She batted 597 while tallying runs in every game, including a home run against Long Beach State. She was 11 of 19 through the five games with seven runs scored and four RBIs. So congratulations to Riley Jensen on her third weekly award. On to women's gymnastics, the number 
2018-ranked BYU women's gymnastics team had two players named named for Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference weekly honors for their performances at number 11 Boise State last week. Shannon Evans wins again. She was MRGC Gymnast of the Week after scoring a 39.575 in the all-around. So congratulations to her. She's won nine straight honors in terms of weekly honors. So congratulations to her. She also picked up Vault Specialist of the Week. And then Helity Serene. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. She scored a career-best 9.925 on the beam earning Beam Specialist of the Week honor. So congratulations to her. It is her first award of the season. Now, as we wrap things up, BYU men's and women's golf. BYU men's golf finished in third place after the first two rounds at the Olympic Club in San Francisco, California. Uh, Peter Quest and Rhett Rasmussen, BYU's top two players, had good rounds. Peter Quest was tied for second after the first two rounds, shooting four under on the day. Rhett Rasmussen was two under, tied for sixth. Final round is going on today. You can go to golfstat.com and get all the updates there. The women's team hosting their quote-unquote home tournament at the Entrada Classic. Um, Had a decent start to their tournament. We'll see how it all shakes out going down the stretch here because, I I don't know, when you play away from home and you call it your home tournament, okay, I get it. You're trying to avoid weather, etc. But BYU Women's Golf finished in third place to start the day, uh, the final day today. So we'll see how they finish up in their home tournament down there at Entrada Country Club in St. George. But best of luck to the women's golf team. Uh, had a good showing, all things considered, but I'm interested to see how it all shakes out for the Cougars as they finish up this tournament. Oh, excuse me, they were fourth yesterday um, after the first two rounds entering today. So fourth place behind Idaho, Texas Tech, and Kent State. So best of luck to the Cougars as they try to rally here and finish in the top three maybe. We'll see what shakes out after the final round today. All right, there you go. Long podcast today. Thanks for joining me. It was a blast to bring it to you as we always do. We'll be back tomorrow, a hump day Wednesday edition of the show. More BYU football audio, more on BYU basketball, everything going on. Best of luck to the women's basketball team. Hopefully we're talking about a West Coast Conference Tournament Championship title for them tomorrow. We'll do it again like we always do tomorrow. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, your host here. Have a great day. You've been listening to Locked on Cougars for March 12th, 2019. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day